Hey, it's No Prize Podcast, and we're into April. How are you? This is Professor and Lucas. Man, glad to be here. Glad to be here. This is at that point where it was either, hey, we're here and we're surviving, or hey, you know, this total apocalypse. So looks like we survived it. Yay, man. You're I am proud to announce that your boy, the professor, has become a member of the vaccination army. I got vaccinated last week, and I'm ready to bring on supper, uh, summer. Yeah, bring on supper, too. Bring on summer. Bring on the get rid of social distancing. Take the freaking masks off. I'm ready. I'm not catching anything. Don't don't take the mask (laughs) off yet. Don't take the mask off yet. Mm -mm. No, no. No, I I, I mean, I I understand. I understand. Even though I might not be able to catch it, I can still spread it. So. I'll keep my mask on until, you know, our fearless leaders say we can take them off. <laughs> oh, so what's man. going on? Yeah, I, I got myself uh, one more week. Uh, next week, week um, I should be among the vaccinated as well. Nice. Um, which would be great because right now people are starting to try and ramp up conventions right so that, that's going oh to my god that is what i want like i can't wait to the uh I, the one of the big i there's two big ones that i go to um i go to terrificon down in mohegan sun in connecticut and i go to rhode island comic-con and you know sometimes when i can get up there is boston i don't I really like boston because i don't think the venue's big enough and it's always super super crowded well they're mm-hmm. all super super crowded let's face it right but um but Boston seems to be the hardest to get to and get around in. Um, mm. But uh, but Terrificon for me is just the best one. I know Mitch who uh, who um, who runs it. Who and he's he's started announcing guests for his con in August. God willing that it's that it happens in August. But uh, we have Michael Rooker coming. Uh, so that's just the first guest that he's announced. He's he's not so much guest heavy as he is creator heavy. So he's for, he like for a hardcore comic fan like me, it's not like um you know like a San Diego Comic Con where you have like so tons of celebrities more like Hollywood than anything else. Um, this is so focused on creators, but he gets the best creators because he's totally like like fifty miles outside of New York City. So <laughs> Jesus, dude, they all just show up. It's it's awesome. I've met so I've met Roy Thomas there. I met Jim Shooter there. I met so many like old school, uh, you know, creators. So that's that's an impromptu shout out for getting back into the con scene. I can't wait. So can't wait, can't wait, man. You know, and it's about time, right? Because the fans need it. Some of those retailers they need it. They need something to get people. The the creators need it. The creators need it. I mean, if you've, uh, I don't know how many creators that you talk to on a regular basis, but I have, I have friends that haven't been outside their, their home in a year plus, you know, uh, you, my, my, my friend, Joe sits in his, I mean, that not let's, let's face it. Uh, if you know any artists, it's not much different from what they were doing pre pandemic, <laughs> you know, <laughs> sitting in their house drawing. Um, but uh, yeah, the, but not being able to go out, and 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 sell their stuff you know sell prints or or get get people to look at their work and, and actually like make an impulse buy um th- th- that's how these guys stay alive man and that's yeah. uh it's tough it's tough so you know yeah i mean i had no idea no clue right um about yeah. how much cons actually uh pars into what artists and writers do until this thing happened right and now yeah. All these artists and writers actually had time to sit around with me and actually talk, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. And, they, and they just broke into it. Like, hey, for real. Like, yeah, we get what little bitty chick we got. But the real uh, meat and potatoes comes into going to the conventions and selling original art or, yeah. or doing whatever we can, man. So, man, it is tough, man. Tough, yeah. tough, tough, man. All right. So let's get into – um. Let's get into some of the comics that came out this week. I know that we uh, we want to wrap up King in Black, which we've been talking about for literally months here on No Prize Podcast with probably the one guy on this planet other than Donny Cates that could really kind of put everything together and explain King in Black to me is Lucas. 
Uh, so <laughs> with his spreadsheets and his like forensic discovery of characters and little threads going from here to here and uh, telling me what's important to look out for. Tell me how King and Black ended. Were you happy? Um, it, it seems uh, like it ended almost as quick as it started, right? It was right. like it gone. Yeah, like gone. all of a sudden, right? So, yeah. Here, here, here's what I will do, and uh, so first let's give uh, credit to some of the main people that, that had anything to do with it, and that's Donnie Cates. Um, Ryan Stegman, he did a lot of the interior work for this. Um, J.P. Myers and uh, Ryan Stegman on this. Frank Martini and Jackson Keith, VCs, Kellett and Coles as the letterer. Let's not forget that Al Ewing did a lot of big work when it comes to the theory on this stuff. Sanishi Cates, Coates, who actually uh, added some of the uh, some of the other stuff, um, and the list goes on and on and on. As for you know, as far as some of the big artist writers that were working on this, hmm. and here's what I will say: I'm going to give these guys a wide berth on how much of a, of a poop show this ended up being, <laughs> right? Um, because I because I see the vision. I saw the vision of what they wanted to do, yeah. but you know the timing was just so jacked up. The because right now there have been books that were connected to this thing that ended a month ago. There are books that are connected to this thing that are not scheduled to close for another month and a half. Think about that. Yet here is the main book that's ending right here in this week. Um, they in fact, see if I can blow myself up. There is this book. Right, which was the King and Black Handbook, right? Yeah, this one came out maybe a month ago, maybe three weeks ago, or something like that. This was supposed to be like, hey, read this book and then figure out what's going on and figure out, get some type of understanding of what's going on. And then they've got this nice thing in the back, which is really pretty good. I, I like this, right? Hey, if you don't want to read through this, at least go to the back of the book. And see which characters are going to be tied to this, right? And which might be important now or important later. Can you and, can you open up and let the people see the inside of the book? Because if you remember yeah. the old official handbook of the Marvel Universe, that book is done in the same format, which yeah. is uh, right. you know really kind of a fantastic right. format, and right. it's kind of like a throwback, you know? Right. So they've got who the creator was of this, all this. They got little kind of stats, right? They got the history, right, which is really good. They got any connected characters, right? Um, let's see. Let's go to. I mean, some of these and some of these characters have like two or three pages. Some of them have like half a page, right? Mm. Which interesting is that some of these characters actually have like stats, which is weird. Yeah, no, I th- but that's the kind of thing that I was cool. Uh, the old official handbook of the Marvel Universe attempted to create kind of a power set, like a like who's stronger than who and who's faster than who. Um, right. And I liked I liked that because it gave it gave more feel to it. Uh, except everything's open to interpretation, right? So right, exactly. Know. And this was supposed to be the thing that clarified, like. Hey, this person is more powerful than this person, and this is why. And then, unfortunately, it's not clear enough, but actually, it is a little bit clear. So right over here, those are the notes. So even if you can't read the whole book, just at least jump to the notes, right, um, and read why what, what they think is important about that character. And then, of course, always important is that, and it's not on this particular page. It might be on the next page. Oh, actually, it's uh yep there we go first appearances right because there's always oh, okay. yeah there's always a battle inside the the community of what's the first appearance of this one and nope this is where it clarifies what what the first appearances um so also in here let me go to this one because remember the the, the big theory or the big myth about what's going on with null is that he was at one point battling this god Right, right. They never. So here, here's where it gets dicey for me because I had the theory, and I know that everything that they were pointing to was supposed to be all about it. Was that the um, Thor 
either has a great great grandfather or there's this other guy out there his name was Bohr, who was attached to this who's most likely was this right and they had the whole valkyrie um they had this whole valkyrie story about it they had the store number five story about it about what's going on it was like oh okay this is definitely going to connect it to me. well they didn't have enough time to th run through that story connected there was storylines regarding acer which is where king Freja, that's thor's that was thor's natural mom until avengers uh, uh don't get me started <laughs> you know what we're gonna have to we're gonna we're gonna have to talk about that as well we're gonna have to, <laughs> we're gonna have to run through that as well Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so there's all these other little pieces out there. So once again, you go to the back of the book, you see all the little characters, all black, anti-venom, Big Mother, uh, which was really interesting, right? Because Big Mother was around even during the time of Conan, which is what made Conan so interesting. And actually, I started because Conan would come in, I'd be like, eh, whatever. But now I actually started reading through the, the language and how Conan was actually written. And I was like, oh, no, that's actually connected to King and Black, right? Because they got even cute little maps that attaches it to or connects it to Thor and, and that world and uh, Atlant Atlantis, right? Uh, where, you know, all those guys are. And, and it was kind of interesting. Uh, Carnage, uh, Ghost Spider, Gruntle, Clintar, Marquis Radu. Mr. E, which is kind of big inside the Spider-Man universe again. That was yeah, right. Um, Victoria Matesi, Lee Price, Scream, Sleeper, Rex Strickland, Telecar, um, and Wraith, who is dead right now apparently, um, until further notice. So why they feel the need to point out this Wraith versus other characters right now? Who knows, right? And don't forget, uh, they brought back Cletus Cassie's great great grandfather. Huh? But oh, did yeah, I miss that? I missed yeah, that. Yeah, they brought they brought back. I forget what his name was, but they brought back his grandfather. Um, is, he, is he on here? No, he's not. Um, so there's and and uh, I forget the name of Dylan Brodick, but there was a Dylan Brodick that was in another universe, right? There was a whole big thing about it, um, and then that, that's just dropped right now. So there's so many crazy storylines that they popped off that they didn't say, hey, to be continued or whatever. And now they just freaking drop it. But but let's get back to what we're actually talking about. King and Black number five and how they yeah. King and King and Black number four. Um, Eddie had, was woken back up or he was risen from the dead through the power of the Agnema Force, right? Um, the this was told that it was was going to happen by Wraith, who came, told him, "Hey, the gods of light are coming," and right before he just disappears into a smoke and presumably dies. Yeah. So <laughs> comes in now. He through that he was able to take Melonir and the Silver Surface board and connect it into one big sword, or actually whatever you want to call this weapon. Um, and with that, he was able to defeat the King in Black. He destroys and kills the King in Black, apparently. So now he is the King in Black. That was it. That that's all the this whole this this was Donny Cates' two to three years that they've been actually it's been seven years that they've been combining all this. This is what they've been building up to. That he gets the power to be able to make a, a crazy new weapon. And he defeats the King of Black. And then after that, the Agnema Force just goes away. Really? So now, the Enigma Force, I think everybody might be more familiar with it as Captain Universe, right? And that's the that's thing that, um, you know, kind of surprised me a little bit getting towards the end. It was like, they, they talk about the God of Light, God of Light, God of Light, whatever. And, you know, basically gets to the point where it's just like a big reveal that this is uh, Captain Universe. And I'm sitting there going, oh, you know, the Captain Universe has been around forever. And there was even, there was a storyline 20 years ago where Spider-Man had the Captain Universe powers for, you know, a couple of months. And I'm just like, that was almost kind of like a, like almost like an anticlimactic, you know, the Captain Universe powers have always been the, the, 
powers that you know nobody can defeat the Captain Universe, right? He right. just can show up and snap his fingers, and everything's different. Um, right. But, you it's, know, it's, then, it's, it's the writer's big cheat when you paint yourself into the corner. <laughs> yeah. Just, right. You, <laughs> in case of emergency, you break out the Captain Universe, and we can hang and carry on, drive on. Like, but it's know. like when you think of it, it's like there are so many of those like ultimate level characters in marvel universe where nobody's supposed to be able to defeat you know but then you have uh you know them running around cutting heads off celestials and <laughs> you're just like what in the crap you know because it's almost like well like what level of power is like ultimate and there's always you know there's always a bigger fish they say right so right. there's you can always you can always just create someone that's better and more powerful than your universe defeating uh, bad guy and to me yeah you, you you know they do so much build up and so much backstory and at the end the backstory doesn't really seem that important right to what happens at the end of the book and it's it was kind of like fun to build up and it's been fun for us to talk about and kind of put all the pieces together because it was kind of like a mystery and if i didn't have you to kind of point me in the right direction of like like uh, like I was saying, like what the heck is Namor King and Black about? I had no idea for four, like for what is it, whatever five issues that it was. I still like. Oh my god! Now, if, now, you, now you're making me even matter, right? Because there was that whole big mystery. They're they're, ser- yeah. they're still searching for the Darkhold right now. To right. to be this whole. Oh my goodness! Wow. So it's a, to, so so yeah. So to me, it seems like there's almost been almost too much. Like like they were almost kind of be too cute with all the stuff that they were throwing in and like how everything was interconnected and together. And then you have, you know, the main book where, um, and I'm sorry. And, and I'm, this has nothing, nothing against Donnie Cates or Ryan Stegman. I don't buy venom as a big, huge universe saving hero. Mm-hmm. I just, and I never have, you know, I never thought, uh, I, I never thought Venom Venom was Spidey's best villain. I never thought Venom was uh, was believable as an antihero. I never thought I never bought Venom as like this great cool uh, villain slash hero. I don't buy him in this book, no matter how good it's written or how uh, you know. I mean, look, Ryan Stegman's art has been fantastic throughout. Um, I just don't, I, I, you know, I, I just don't buy Venom as a, like a hero that you put up there with, with right. Spider-Man or Thor or Captain America or, you know, even Silver Surfer. <laughs> I just don't, well, I, I don't well, believe so, it. So, yeah. I mean, well, so here, here's what I did see that they were trying to do, right? They were trying to rekindle and re-inform people like, Hey, there's these gods, but then above these gods, there's these things called forces, hmm. right? So that's why in Avengers, we'll go into that later, there's the Phoenix Force. They, they did a whole resummon of the Phoenix Force, and they tried to teach people of like how it works. They're terribly on that one, right? Hmm. Uh, for a while now, they had been talking about the Thor Force and the Odin Force, right? They did yeah. that for a whole year. That one's null, right? Um, then there's this whole void thing, the darkness and everything. So that's another type of force. Now there's the ignimic uh, force and all that other stuff, right? So that's what they that's what they were trying to do. But and they were taking the time, and I was and I was loving it. That's that's great, right? But then at some point, all these other side books just became nothing. There was no reason for the side books anymore. And right. I, I really, I don't really. That's what I. Th- that's where the frustration is. Is right. Like, okay, at some, at one point, all the side books actually made sense. Like, hey, this character is connected to this force and this power. This is how he works it. Great. But then I don't need a Captain America King in a black book because he's not connected to the force. Yeah. I don't need a Falcon and Winter Soldier Bucky book. I don't need a Modok book. Right. Yeah. Right? I don't. Uh. Uh. Now, cloak and and, and uh, cloak and dagger, that makes sense, right? Yeah. But then, but then half of the book they're just go, going through the woe was me, you know. Yeah. It's it's like watch. It's like reading uh Winnie the Pooh and Eeyore. 
right? We got one dude that's really, really happy and was just sulking in the, in the corner, you know? Yeah. I think a lot of the, uh, I think a lot of these side books, um, you know, just because that they had like a, a venom, uh, a symbiote dragon or something fly through the book, it's it's a crossover. And for me, uh, you know, there there are certain characters that got King and Black crossovers that I thought should have maybe tied in more to the story. Like I think didn't Black Knight have a have a story in there? Yes. And what yes. was that about? And and <laughs> what was the? I mean, other th- other than to shill his book coming out next month, right? So they give him a King and Black crossover, uh, Union, which was supposed to be an Empire crossover mm-hmm. that got pushed to King and Black, which didn't even figure into the whole story at all. Um, Black Cat had a crossover just last month, and was you know it was really just because some symbiotes were running through the streets and. That's it, you know. I I just think, yeah, you're right. The, the, there there seems like to have any excuse to um to throw uh to throw a, a, a crossover book in there. Um, Dare, Daredevil crossed over right in the middle of his freaking storyline, right in his main book. That didn't, yeah, it didn't, and it didn't amount to anything, right? It was just like a exactly. five second uh, Daredevil uh, Matt Murdock in the symbiote. Yeah, for he literally a minute he and literally- a half. Right, he literally turns into a symbiote. He he fights it off, and then the next issue, he's back in jail, just sitting around like nothing happened. Yeah, it's almost like you know, it, this is where I feel like edit, editorial kind of takes over and says you have to do a King and Black crossover. But then at the end of the time, we don't we don't care if it makes sense. We don't care if you do it. And I think the writers like like who do do you really think Chip Starsky wanted to friggin interrupt his excellent storyline that's going on in daredevil right now to throw a friggin' crossover in of course no. not no so i i think that i think it, that it, that ends up at, at like like in spite of it like they're just like okay f you here's your crossover now get, let me get back to my story <laughs> you know i mean on, on one hand it, it makes sense right so I'm talking about for the Daredevil, right? It, it one it one little speak speaky little thing. It makes sense, right? Because there's a little girl. She lost her mother due to what was going on with King of Black. Gotcha, right? But then you didn't need to go, actually go inside the prison where Daredevil was and turn him to the symbiote and make a whole big deal of it. There was yeah. zero zero point to that. Um, sword, right? Which is that whole. NASA special ops thing that's happening with the X Men, right? They did the, they did a whole King Black thing with that. What's going on with that? Yeah, who who um, knows? Man, <laughs> as uh, many as many as many misses as you know as hits. So you know the the the, the storyline and that's been going on since you know fall of last year. I'm glad it's over. Let's get into you know, and I'm and I'm sure we have the uh, the next event that's coming up, which is going to be Heroes Reborn again. Um, but but it's not right because got to remember Thor. How did Thor? Eddie all of a sudden pulls uh, Thor's Mjolnir out, but as far as I knew, Thor was still stuck in that dimension. Yeah. How did he get out? Oh, because I mean, this happens. This <laughs> yeah. happens in a pocket universe. Um, th- th- well, okay. So here's another thing. And I just told you. I just told you my reasoning behind why I don't buy Venom as like the savior. Um, I did. Did you know that Eddie Brock was fucking worthy? Excuse my. Excuse my French. Did you know he was worthy of lifting Milner? Uh, I didn't. Um, I, I still don't well, think so. Well, see, that's and that's the thing that they never addressed. That they made a whole big point of Thor's new mythos, right? Whereas he he was able to take the enchantment off of Mjolnir, right? That's why at one point Loki was able to lift it as well, and all these other characters, right? They they've been able to lift it. Okay, right? all right, that's um, the excuse. All right, why did they why did they do it? Reasons. Then explain, you know, at least at least put a caption in there to explain, uh, you know, if if he's if you see Venom holding Mjolnir, have Thor in the background going, oh, thank goodness I took the enchantment off, you know, 
He's not right. really worthy, guys. So, <laughs> you know? well, here, here's here's the, here's the deal. Uh, if you look to the right of the slide that I got, right, that's the cover. That is a one to five hundred ratio. That means for the retailers, it cost them a thousand dollars to Jesus. get that cover right there. And what do you have on it? All you got on there is just a, a sketch of cover A, which yeah. really doesn't tell you anything. If I'm going to have a one to five hundred, there better be some pretty interesting um, things on there. So, so for instance, that weapon that he was able to yield and put together, that should be on there. So that's yeah. why that's this is ridiculous. This is absolutely ridiculous that they're charging this amount of money and that your covers are so out of whack. And all it is was just cover A. Yeah, I would have loved to see a cover of of Venom coming at you on Silver Surfer's board with Mjolnir <laughs> in <Yeah>. his hand. <laughs> exactly. That, that so, would have been a cool cover. Yeah, so I'm 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 willing to give uh you know Donny Case to the crew a wide berth on the actual story. But on this right here, this bull crap right here that they pulled, uh-uh. Yeah. Absolutely not. All right. Well, now, so here's where we here's where we see what Donny Cates has up his sleeve next. Now that King in Black has been his his baby for the last several years, what do you, what what can you follow up with this? People have been advocating for him to get involved with Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, can anybody please get involved in Amazing Spider-Man? I am so done with Nick Spencer. I'm done. I can't stand what's going on in Amazing Spider-Man right now. It's it's shameful, really, when you think about and and how convoluted was this issue, where at the at the very core of this issue, and you can tell by the cover, you have a, like a Romeo and Juliet type story between Randy and uh, Tombstone's daughter. I can't even remember her name, but she's the new Beetle. Uh, but they've been kind of running around for the last several uh, several months, um, having this uh, having this relationship. Um, and you know, uh, I will give credit for Nick Spencer for bringing back old stories from the '80s. And mm-hmm. there was an old story in the '80s where Tomb—that's when Tombstone made his first appearance. He was a hitman after uh, Joe Robertson. And so now this, like, flash forward 20 years later, 30 years later, and now we're we're dealing with the the their two children in a relationship all this time while we're supposed to buy that um, Spider-Man and his, I can't believe it. His sidekick boomerang. Yeah. Oh, don't forget. They got a super pet now. Oh my the God! Little gremlin, dude. <laughs> the, the little god, Magog or Gog or whatever yeah. the heck his name is. Um, yeah, don't get me started on that. And <laughs> and the the fact that you know they have this whole thing. This it seems like like, and I really hope that this is Nick's like last arc on the book because it seems to me like he's just throwing everything at the wall with this storyline with the new costume and bringing kind of Jay Jonah Jameson in for, you know, to do what he does. And uh, with, with Nora winters, there's so many characters right now. You can't keep track of them all. In fact, if you, if you pour through this book, it's like they, they shift scene almost every page. Right. right. And then every page, there's a different villain or uh, someone coming out of the woodwork, or some kind of plot. Like, I mean, from the first page, we have we have Norman and Kingpin, and then switch scene to uh, Spider-Man and Boomerang fighting Hammerhead and the Owl, and then we shift again to we have Tombstone and the Beetle, and then by the end of the book, we have the Crime Master. Like, what the heck is going on? How am I supposed to keep track of all these people? And it's just, it's insane. And I I get it that Nick's supposed to be like, you know, there was a time that I loved that Nick was on this book. Now I'm just so ready. I'm ready for a new, uh, a new, new ideas. Uh, Dan Slott took 10, 10 years to wear out his welcome on Spider-Man. And now what Nick is in year three or four and I'm just, I'm so ready. 
but let's say, you know, Federico Vincentini, great art. I love the art in this book. But it's yeah. just too, there's too, it's too busy. There's too much stuff going on in this book. Yeah. Well, so, so, so here, here's my issue with the book, right? And I am, once again, this is where I had to give them a wide berth, right? Because it feels like they decided to throw this love story in because they needed to pause, right? And wait for some other books to, show, to, to catch up. Because it was just a couple months ago that we were in that whole um, order of the web storyline where you had Ugh. Miles Morales, Silk, Madam Web. Kindred. You know, Kindred. Yeah. Sorry, Kindred. I didn't mention Kindred. Yeah. Kindred's in this book too. Yeah, yeah, Kindred, right? Um, and then all of a sudden that thing ended, right? Because you had Kindred and you had Moreland, right? Um, yep. Moreland just showed back up, right? And then they, they okay, now we're, we're switching avenues. It's like, okay. And then I was I was disappointed that they went off of that because I could see where they were going with that. And they're like, okay, now we're going to do this. And then they said, okay, now we got the the tablet of life and dust. And I was like, oh, okay, gotcha. Because this connects to the King in Black. Gotcha. Makes sense. Fine. I'm I'm down with it. But here's the problem. Now they've got this whole Ro- uh, Romeo and Juliet storyline, like you said. Mm-hmm. And and but the whole life and tablet thing was is kind of in the background. There's like nothing happening. Look. If, if you look closely, they've got the life and uh, life and death tablet freaking taped up, right? Um, yeah, this what's was, up yeah, with that? Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. This is this is that's been a storyline that's been happening since like the 60s, like I'm dead serious, like yes, three, yeah, for volume one Spider Man. This is vi- so, but and in fact, I broke it down in a few uh, episodes ago. Like, what this means? What this means for King Black? This is a huge freaking object for King of Black. This is a piece of a thing that uh, Namor is currently looking for right now. He's 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 currently headed to Lemuria. They're currently looking for this thing right now. It was like, okay, this makes sense. I love this. Let's do this. But this whole thing with this whole. Romeo and Julia thing where they're they they come on guys get a hotel room get a hotel room right um yeah. especially once again Nick Spencer I see maybe this was another storyline that he wanted this was should have been like in the background or some stuff right yeah and and the thing about it is maybe and I've seen I've seen this all over the place Marvel is trying to move towards hey look what manga is trying to do. They are intermixing romance along with the storyline, so let's let's do something like that. So Nick Spencer, not really understanding how manga works, put this in there, right? Because okay, girl likes guy, guy likes girl, right? But in his mind, girl likes guy, guy likes girl. They kiss immediately. No, no, they're supposed to they're supposed to see each other in the hallway and then think about it, each other for like the next year or so, right? Before they even hold hands. Mm-hmm. And this one, they they're they're out there making out, doing whatever, doing the nasty on rooftops. Well, they just in this in this issue, they showed their first encounter, and the be- beetle broke into their house to kill Fred, to kill Boomerang, and runs into Randy, and they end up knocking boots right there, like first encounter, like just he's sitting there eating a bowl of cereal, and he looks <laughs> and he goes, "Oh, hey," and then. Her costumes off. So, yeah. so, so what the heck? Like, you know? Yeah, nah. I mean, we we are already at the argument phase for this relationship, <laughs> huh? Oh, huh? yeah. I, 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 you told me you were gonna stop robbing banks, right? Yeah. That is the <laughs> argument phase that happens in this issue. <laughs> like, she's like, she's like, and my friends told me you were gonna try and change me, and they're going back and forth. I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait, you didn't even. This is. This should be – I should be having more conflicted emotions about what's going on with them arguing back and forth. But you know what? I can't because I don't care. There was no build-up to this relationship. Yeah. There was no build-up to what they have. There is no there is no support. Like, hey, he supports her. What she's doing, she supports him. And she – there was no – at some point where so, – so you brought up a great point, right? He thought that she said this. She thought that he meant this. I have mm-hmm. never seen them talk about this in any of the issues. Oh yeah, it's like a relationship in fast forward. You know, next so, issue they'll be broken up, or one of them will be dead. Right? 
So, so Maybe this, both of them will be dead. Right. So this could have worked as a pause, but they didn't do it correctly because it was it's just missing. It just it's just all of a sudden they're in this thing. Now they're all of a sudden fighting. Yeah, and then you know, and this whole this whole background of Spider-Man with the new costume that just seems like something that's happening. It doesn't seem like a plot point at all. It's just like. Oh, he's got the new costume, with, and 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 he's he's getting likes on Instagram, or whatever. You know, it's that. What's the point? I mean, Spider Man's always been the that 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 menace uh, out there on the papers or whatever. Anyway, what does he need this for? You know, it's not like he wants to be uh, a, a social media darling, right? I right. don't think P- Peter doesn't care about that. Uh, so that to me is just like. The, where's this going? You know, I mean, other than the fact that because it gives, uh, you know, it gives them an excuse to throw another costume at us, right. you know? Yeah. And that's another it's thing. Dumb. And that's another thing, that whole costume thing, right? He's just all of a sudden just given a costume. Where in cartoons and in manga and all that other stuff, the key character has to earn that. Right yeah. there, there's a there's a transition phase where the character earns the right to it and then learns how to use it. That way, we are learning and earning the right to understand that costume along with the character. It was just yeah. in this one, it was just two panels. Oh, and now he's out and about freaking fighting super girls. Come on now. Oh yeah, and look what it does, and be surprised at uh, you know everything. It's a it yeah to me this. It seems like he's like like. Nick has these ideas and it's just almost like they're just it's diary on the page. He doesn't flesh anything out. And to, to, to me, if it's diary on the page, it's diarrhea when I'm reading it. So um, I, I don't know. It's I'm, I'm so I'm, I hate saying it because I love Spider-Man as a character, but this is really kind of the only place to get amazing Spider-Man this is Peter Parker. Right. I, I, yeah, it comes out t- t- twice a month. Um, but I oh, just it's about, to, it's about to come out more than that because uh, I think next week is going to be the Spider's Shadow. Ah. so it would it's it's going to be what if Peter Parker allowed Venom to take over? Instead of I don't know. I just you know I I I just I don't I don't like the fact that I'm looking forward to a Miles Morales clone saga, the rather than rather than this book and that's that's a really kind of a sad state of affairs yeah. but uh, all right so let's take a quick break and and when we get back uh let's uh let's talk uh let's talk disney plus Absolutely. and uh, uh what ad do we want to let's do fl- let me ask you a question are you wanting to read a new comic book that has nothing to do with the big two Are you tired of looking through countless titles and have no idea where to begin? Well, don't you worry because the Random Dude Josh and Johnny the Machine Hughes has the podcast for you. Flipside Focus, only on the Undercover Capes Podcast Network. All right. So uh, so make sure to check out Flipside Focus. It's all about indies and not about the big two. Um, or check any of the multiple uh, podcasts that we have going. They're all really good. All right, all right. All right, so Disney Plus, man. Hey, uh, before we get into... The- before we get into Falcon Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. episodes three and four, they dropped uh, a new trailer for Loki this week. Mm, right, did, right, right. Did you see it? Did I see it? Yes, man. Oh. Uh, took took some time to I took some time to check it out, and uh, of course, of course, it looks great, right? Um, oh. Looks, it looks great and amazing. And, yeah, so I haven't had a time to really go into analysis on each and every single piece, but I love what's going on right now. Uh, they, they mentioned the time travelers, right? Um, yep. and, then, and then when you start going into what's going on with the time travelers, there's my pick of the book that a lot of people are ignoring right now, which is any book that's associated with King the Conqueror and Amortis, right? Um, so Time Travelers, they their first appearance was Mighty Thor number 243, um, King Conqueror. And we already know that he's already been um, cast. Right? Yeah. Um, 
So his first appearance was Avengers Volume One, Number Eight. So uh, what 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 do you what do you think about King the Conqueror's first appearance in the MCU being in the next Ant Man movie? Really? Don't you think? Yeah, his mm. that's that's he's been cast in the Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania, which is the the book the movie coming out. I think not till twenty twenty three. Um, yeah. uh, such so, a big uh, so that he's the next big baddie, right? Right? He's not. Right. Uh, he he's the next. He's the next Thanos. Right. Uh, so so yeah. So it makes sense. So here's what they got to do. They've got to take their. They're going to take their time because they need to build it up, right? Um, so once again, my theory is the way that Marvel works is they take the time to build it up in the comics first, right? They give them appearance after appearance yeah. after appearance. That way, that when they finally give him his own like one shot it kind of corresponds inside what's going on with the movie somewhat some way right so for instance the red guardian was showing up all of a sudden um madam mask and i'll get into her um a little bit when we go into the falcon winter soldier stuff um and there's all types of characters that they've been pulling pulling and pushing oh even modok right they've been yeah. pulling in and pushing every once in a while to get people to say, oh, this is kind of cool this was. And so it's not just thrown on them, right? Um, but I have a feeling that there's all types of other... Because remember, King of Conqueror is not just King of Conqueror. There's like about six or seven other characters that's him just in other bodies or other looks, right? So they're they're most likely sprinkling that in Um Amongst other TV series, so for instance, uh, I have a feeling that in WandaVision he's already there, um, uh-huh. and and some of the and some of the other stuff regarding Loki and Avengers, he was already there. So my, and they're going to go back and say, "Hey, see, he was here. We told you. We told you right here." Um, they're going to they're do that that type of thing. Yeah. So now that now that you mention it, I think we might actually see King the Conqueror first in Loki. You know, because doesn't it make sense that King would be kind of maybe a member of the time variance authority mm-hmm. that uh, yeah. that kind of gets that maybe goes goes uh goes sideways maybe um because this whole the the the, the trailer reveals that loki gets uh, uh apprehended let's say by the time variance authority last time we saw loki was in avengers endgame right when he grabbed the tesseract and and disappeared which at the time any Marvel fan that realized this was like, oh, Loki just messed up the time stream. <laughs> when that happened in the movie, that's exactly what my thought was. I was like, oh, he just messed up the time stream, but then they never went back to it. So right, I was like, right. oh, okay. So so that's going to be future future stuff. And then, um, and I just want to shout out uh, Owen Wilson's character um, in Loki is a total uh, homage to Mark Grunewald, who uh, you know the 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 spirit of Marvel in the eighties and in mm. nineties, uh, and the writer of Captain America for over ten years. But he also um, he also was the called keeper of continuity, uh, the continuity king, um, and he was the. Uh, they actually, when they created the Time Variance Authority, the Time Variance Authority was totally made up of guys that looked like Mark, and <laughs> and it was that Walt Simonson created the Time Variance Authority in the Phages of Fantastic Four, and when he did that, um, he made sure that Mark got you know credit for all that. So, um, but Owen Wilson is made to look like. Mark Grunewald, even down to the cheesy mustache. And um, I thought that's a great shout out. And I really kind of hope that maybe he gets a little press um, for this when Loki comes out. I hope someone mentions it somewhere um, other than here. Um, but this the Loki, um, this this seems like this is going to be where when I where I thought WandaVision was kind of going to open up the uh, the other worlds like the multiverse to us, where actually mm-hmm. we're probably going to have to wait to Doctor Strange for that now. Um, Loki is going to open up the kind of the what if type stuff, right? Right, right. Loki right. Loki opens up the um, I'm going to mess with time and change everything and this this is where i think you're going to open it up where we can get diverse characters like an iron heart right because we can have 
we can have stuff like that where where Loki just messes with the time stream, and now all of a sudden maybe Ironheart's maybe maybe Riri's Iron Man instead of Tony Stark, right? Really? So yeah, this is and this, I'm doing this off the top of my head, right? This is where you can get a She Hulk, right? So maybe you have mm, maybe you have right. She Hulk come out instead of Banner, you know, and and maybe maybe Banner doesn't really even exist anymore, and now it's Jennifer. Uh, right. So certain things, I, I and I th- I think that this might be the most important of the original uh, the original four Disney Plus series that were announced because you can do so much with this and we we know we have a what if show coming um, the cartoon right which has right. I, I'm sure we're waiting for this show before they do the what if right right it's, I, yeah. I, I think it's interesting. Right. And, and, right, and we know that uh, within the new Spider-Man coming uh, Spider-Man movie, I forget what it's called, uh, but they we do know that they are going to be messing around with uh, multiverses and perhaps time and all that. Other it's stuff, a so. no way home. Right, right, right. So that's that's going to be interesting to see what's going on with that one. Yeah. Um, they've already been starting to mess around with that stuff in Ant-Man. Um, Doctor Strange, he did a whole big thing where he messed with time over and over and over again. No, the the whole time thing was mess. Supposedly, the whole time thing was messed around with in uh, the whole Avengers, the last Avengers movie, um, but or Endgame, right? But you know, once again, my suspicion is is that when they jumped, they didn't come back to the same universe, right? So there's all types of clues that that's probably what's happening, um, because later on in Ant Man Two. Goliath says, and he's teaching a class. He says, "Yeah, you can you can jump around to something that's like around." And he's like, "Yeah, but when you jump around, you don't jump back to the same universe that you jumped at." So he, he literally comes out and says that um, when he when he's, when he's explaining that to to his class. So there's all types of th- ways to go around with it, and I'm happy to see they're they're doing this. Um, these little standalone alone movies with Loki and all this other stuff is it's going to be great. Um, the Young Avengers stuff, I see them building up to that. Yeah. Um, the uh, what's, what, what else we got? We got the Eternals movies that's supposed to be coming out, right? Yeah, you know, uh, I don't know if you saw. Um, I saw it last week because it was right on uh, when I when I log in on the MSN.com. There was a um, there was a write up. Uh, some Reddit user apparently saw an early screening of the Eternals movie and spoiled it on Reddit, like scene by scene, like it was terrible even down right. to the even down to the post credit scenes and of course silly me uh you know i i dove right in and read the thing um right. and it, yeah it's it seems to me i'm not going to spoil anything here but um i might go up out on a limb and say this might not be the time for an eternals movie and right. when we we get this later on this year uh, I'm not sure if this is going to be the first bomb. Right. So, um, so the a month ago, I think I talked about this, and I actually referred to this one, Drunken Chat, was that somebody there was a panel that had actually seen the movie, and they had panned it. They said it was terrible. They didn't understand what was going on in between the stuff of you no know, Ant Man and. You know, Guardians of the Galaxy, the time has been too separate for them to try and pull this off. Right. Yeah. So so when I started hearing that, and that's I haven't even read that Reddit thing yet, um, that's when people started getting nervous about this movie and about the whole thing of cosmic gods and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. So I was like, okay, that that's getting interesting because that's what I was hearing. Marvel executives getting kind of antsy and pantsy. And then What's interesting is that it actually had a downfall or a windfall for DC because um, Avril Dergenet, I think that's what how you say her name, um, she's working on something on their version um, of of that stuff, which is like the New Gods, I believe that, yeah. that's what they call it, right? Yeah. So hers was canceled, um, which I think is a pretty good decision, right? Because look, some of her stuff is on point, but um, if you're not going to do the Snyderverse stuff, you don't need to get into that with, with the whole DC, especially with all the other stuff that they can be getting into. So I, I think that was kind of interesting that there was some windfall for them as well on that end. But well, yeah, no. I'm just gonna sh- I'm I'm gonna shut out 
Eternals, New Gods, Jack Kirby created both of them. So you mm. know, I, I want to see I want to see the Eternals movie simply because I'm curious as to how much of Jack Kirby gets translated onto the big screen. And you, you I I don't know how much of it actually can translate and make it. Uh, it's acceptable to mainstream uh, first mainstream fans are going to be super critical because it's not Kirby enough. Right. Or it's yeah. not, um, it's too Kirby, maybe, maybe even too Kirby. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Because it's, you know, it's, I, I hate saying this Kirby sometime is an acquired taste. His art is now, uh, you know, revered as he's like the King, uh, King Kirby, King of Marvel. Um, but his writing is horrible and he wrote <laughs> he wrote eternals and he wrote new gods so uh you know the eternals while visually derivative of new gods cuz he went to dc created the new gods and then came back to marvel in 75 and created eternals which everybody said you know new gods light kind of uh but you know, I want to see. I, you know, honestly, I would probably much rather watch a New Gods movie than probably an Eternals movie. You know, right. and even though they came out with the, I think Eternals had the first appearance of the Celestials, and the Celestials have appeared as you know the creators of the Marvel universe for so well since then, since 1975, um, and visually they all look stunning, and they appear in the Eternals movie that we've we've seen shots of screenshots of them already. Um, I just don't know. I, I don't know if if the Marvel fan is ready, or the uh, outside, the casual MCU fan is ready to see something much along the lines of the creation and something almost where I feel like maybe might be interpreted in a biblical sense. Right, and once again, I, I've said it before: Marvel's ex get nervous when it comes to that biblical stuff, right? Yeah, which is why we haven't seen Mephisto yet. Right, because you can't right. just come yeah. out with a with the devil. Right? Yeah, you know we can't have moms of America freaking in, in the streets stampeding, you know, or freaking uh, boycotting Disney Plus, you know, because <laughs> because you had to have the devil and and stuff, and especially because there are times when the Mephisto is you know a a light character compared to the other devils, so they don't want you know they don't want. People you showing the devil in any type of light like that. <laughs> we don't want you to like him. We don't want you to like Mephisto when you see him. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I, all right. Yeah. Let's get. Let, uh, I, I, so I'm looking at the time. Let's let's talk about Falcon and Winter Soldier. We 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 kind of get off on tangents a, a lot, especially when it comes to projecting what's going to happen in Disney Plus. Um, all right. Hey, we, we're we're two thirds of the way through. I mean, this is a six episode limited series um this is almost like a six hour epic movie right and every episode you're getting this chapter where i think i you know it's cinematically it's standing up with anything mcu has put out especially uh it's it's not wandavision right because wandavision WandaVision was fun because i liked the theories I like going panel by panel or in sec by second. No, this one is, Hey, this is happening. This is why they're starting. They're getting ready to punch each other out. Uh, yeah. This is why this is the, this is the time. And when turns when, when the good guy becomes a bad guy and when the bad guy becomes, you know, good guy light. Right. Um, yeah. So there's all types. Of, and, and once again, and this is where the guy, the guys who are terrorists, you get to understand why they did what they do. So this is so, and Marvel has been great at this: is making um, sympathetic villains and like almost borderline, right? Like we know that they're the villain of the piece, but I kind of agree with them. You know, like I kind of uh, they 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 humanized Zemo in this, where I thought like in Zemo in um, in Civil War was Civil no it was Winter Soldier no it was Civil War. I get, I get my movies mixed up when it, when he was in civil war, uh, it was just, you know, he was the bad guy for the bad guy. But even then you kind of felt for him cause he lost his family and all that stuff in the Sarkovia and all that. But here he's at, he's, they actually kind of pal him around with Falcon and Winter soldier 
and he becomes like the the sarcastic snarky buddy right yeah <laughs> and but but he's got his own agenda um which we haven't even really seen yet you know i mean you kind of know it's there um i thought the episode three when they went to madripoor i was so waiting for them to throw some mutant stuff out in there but we didn't really get anything <laughs> other than the fact that they were in madripoor and that was pretty cool yeah. um but I do like I, I liked the setting. This for for me when you think uh, Wandavision, I mean Wandavision was obviously shot on a soundstage, with you know you you could tell this is like this is big movie cinema. This is a list type big budget stuff that's yeah. happening every week, um, and I just. I love it. I, I love the characters they introduced. I love uh, Carly Morgenthau. Um, she is such such a sympathetic character, right? She is Absolutely. she is someone that you can totally get behind. And 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 fact of the matter, you see Sam get behind her and say, right. you know, this is you know, you're. I agree with you, you know. But this isn't the right way to go about this. Right. And same, the same thing with, uh, you know, Winter Soldier, the kind of like uh, Sam and Bucky, almost kind of like different parallels, but they, you know, they feel the same way, but they go about things differently. And I just love, I, I love the characters they introduced, bringing back Io at the end of episode three, and then have the Dora Milaje just rip it up in episode four was <laughs> it was amazing. coming it was coming it was coming sooner or later uh, as soon as they started talking about well do you think you could just have this guy walking around right they yeah they, they killed they killed they killed their king you can you could just have him just walking around is that what you think is going to happen okay it does works out it made too much <laughs> sense it made too much sense you had to do it um I you know I, so we get Emily Van Camp back as Sharon Carter for episode three and then she's gone for episode four so I don't know if she turns back up maybe she was just around for episode three but I thought uh, I thought her placement in Madripoor and they're expo- explaining that she's running from the government ever since she stole the shield and I'm just like. Oh man, Bucky gets a pardon, and they didn't pardon her. <laughs> I was like, I was like, damn. And then you you get to uh, man, you get to John Walker. What you know, man? This you know, the, he, he doesn't get a lot of screen time in episode three. But this, and 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 we talked about this last week about where his character arc was going, and we knew at some point he was going to take that super soldier serum, you know. And when they had that scene where he just, dude, when he threw the shield against Zemo's head, <laughs> yeah, and just took him out, I was, and that that was way harder yeah. than I thought it needed to be <laughs> <laughs> for the special for for the special effect, right? <laughs> I mean, it looked like that thing should have taken the top of his head off. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, like, what? What is it? it? Remember, this is supposed to be one of the strongest metals out there. Yeah, yeah. Yet it's it's light enough that you can fling it across the room. Right. right. So shouldn't it have like a sharper edge enough that you can just kill somebody? Well, or I mean, they cut sh- them, slice them open. At least, they've so- you know. they've shown several times, even in that episode where he throws to get stuck in the wall, right? <laughs> <laughs> I just when I, when when that thing came and clocked him in the side of the head, I went, "Oh shit!" <laughs> like out loud, and and that to to me, and then of course, and you knew he was taking one of those serums, right? So when when Zemo was crushing them all, and like you knew, I'm like, I know there's one left, and he's gonna grab it. Um, and then, but what happened there? What happened next was off the off the hook, and I wasn't expecting it. And that was when um, when Lamar. Um, gets gets killed, and right. then um, and then they and then they he switch he flips right because he's already taken the serum and you so you know he's gonna have the roid rage right and right. um and then he just goes out and the, the and then what I was saying earlier and I, I mentioned that this um that this has kind of taken a turn and was very reminiscent of the boys. If you watch the first couple of seasons of the boys, he he takes this Homelander turn at the end and he and and he uses the shield in a way that no one has ever seen Cap use his shield. And 
the visual at the end with that has that was how the episode had to end right with your political commentary right yes so, so uh i mean this is set up for like the last two or three episodes right because yeah you know they even mentioned i think it was either number three or it might have been this one where they mentioned where they had just was conversation and it was like hey it, would you take it he's like well you could take it right because all the super serum does is makes you more you right if you yeah. were an a-hole before you're going to be a even bigger a-hole afterwards right so that that's what this was really build, building into and they were really letting to going into this you know and then there's even there's so much even political semiology and coming coming into this because you know um the stuff about the african-american experience and yeah. talking about this right and then this one was like that this is what we're this is what we're talking about right because they got, you got to remember you know right before uh john walker runs out there and kills a dude in the streets they were having yeah. a big battle inside the building right nobody yep. sees that nobody sees that there are people that are fighting for their lives and that there's a whole big context to what's going on they don't see that all they see is america captain america who has sworn to save people just kill some random dude out in the street and he's in the dude saying it wasn't me i had nothing to do with this that's all he, and they just see him freaking go shoot right they, yep. don't, they don't even see him they didn't even see they didn't even see when they when the dude picks up this heavy concrete trash can and throws at him yep he didn't uh, see that. All they see is him just getting swacked. And that is p- perfect political commentary for for the U.S. military experience. What even makes it more uh, poignant was the fact that they they did that circular pan at the end of that with just showing the crowd with all their cell phones out. Like, yeah. like we we got you, you know? Like, right. And that was, that was telling. And the fact that, you know, you had you had Sam and Bucky just sitting there staring at him like we can't believe what we just saw too. And that to me was, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a show that has been just so filled with, with, um, with imagery, you know, kind of like symbol, symbol, symbolic imagery and um, the messages that they were trying to kind of portray and what does Captain America or what is the spirit, the spirit of Captain America, what does that mean to different people? And what have the, I, I think they've been doing an excellent job of saying, you know, Captain America meant this to Bucky. Captain America meant this to Sam. And then every character has their, has their, this is what Captain America means to me moment. Um, Baron Zemo's this episode when he just sees all the super soldier serums laying on the ground and he starts stomping on them. I was like, that's what Captain America means to Baron Zemo. Mm-hmm. He doesn't because want he, any more of them around. And right, because he because he talks about it over and over again. And he's like, the problem with super, with the super serum and these superheroes isn't necessarily that they save people. It's yeah. what people treat them like, right? They, they start to treat them as icons and gods. Yeah. And then they just let them do whatever they want. Yep. It's I thought I think uh I, I think this show is excellent. Um I think maybe it, there's there's times where it runs a little slow, um, maybe to the point of might be a little boring to kind of you're waiting for the big action piece to come in. Mm-hmm. They've spent the 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 start the structure on this show is they do have one big action sequence per episode, which you kind of need to have, right? Uh, just to keep everybody's interest, you can't have a whole hour of talking heads without having um, something happen. Um, so they do, you know, they do have a good big like action set piece in every episode. Um, I think the flow works well. Um, I like the fact that the episodes are longer than WandaVision by about 15 minutes a piece, right? So you're getting these hour long bites of this movie uh i can't wait to get to the other the the end because i want to watch them all back to back as a as a movie because i really kind of think that they have specific editing points where they get to the where they get to a cut right um but if i think that you could you could watch this as a you know three and a half hour long movie at the end of this 
and and be just as satisfied as getting this uh this weekly kind of injection here so Absolutely. kudos kudos yeah. man this this is really uh, i i i like this better than wandavision um because i think it's more like big budget um even though there's not really much happening as far as what's going to be happening in phase four of of the mcu um so i i mean and i'm wondering how much editing they had to do uh and if they were going to throw any kind of elements of black widow in here but they couldn't because of uh because black widow hasn't timing. come out yet yeah yeah the timing right yeah so um so, so what i will say is um the the whole thing with carly carly morgenthal right that yeah. her whole art is kind of interesting right uh, the only thing is, inside the uh, Marvel Universe, there really isn't a Carly Morgenthau. There is a Carl Morgenthau. Um, yeah, and there's the organization of the Flag Smashers. Well, his alias was the Flag Smasher, so that's going to be interesting yeah. going forward. However, the the last piece, right, the last within the last, I'd say, five minutes, there was an interesting thing where they got her putting on a mask, right? Um, so I'm wondering if that's going to have anything going forward because you got to remember, I am looking for when they start to introduce uh, Madam Mask. And this would be perfect for them to say, well, you know, yeah, we got that whole market thought. Yeah, no, this is where Madam Mask starts right here, right? Uh, because this would be her, the introduction of her European you know, upbringing. And then you're going to you're gonna be on her side once they actually introduce her into the rest of the MCU. So this mm-hmm. would be interesting. That's This is where they start that. Yeah, yeah. Let's see now. Where where did you get? Uh, they are, are they definitely introducing Madame Mask, or is that just something? That oh, you yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They we we don't know who it's going to be, right? Um, but we do know that that they're trying to, right? Because it's supposed to be along with Taskmaster, right? Because she yeah. goes right along with Taskmaster and all that other stuff. So we know at some point she's supposed to be there. It's just that at, in which TV series movie I haven't, I haven't heard where she's going to be in there yet. Hmm. Okay. Cool. Because I like Madame Mask. I love her. I love her and Taskmaster, my two favorite villains right now. All right. All right. So, uh, so be back with us in two weeks. We are going to wrap up Falcon and Winter Soldier. I can't believe two more episodes. We're going to be done next mm-hmm. episode of No Prize Podcast. We will just break it down for you, and we are, you know, we'll be, and then we'll be going headlong into Loki, right? So, yeah. um. Yeah, man, we got this this year, man. Where we're just getting so much great stuff after having a year off from the MCU. Uh, there's they're they're back with a vengeance. Yeah. So, well, uh, unfortunately, some stuff has been delayed. So, for instance, Venom Two that was been delayed. Well, Morbius, we've actually seen a couple of trailers for Morbius, and uh, that's not. I don't even know if that's on the schedule anymore. <laughs> so, uh, well, we'll see. We'll see yeah. what's going on, but you know. Let's 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 get into it and let's get these uh, combo conventions going and then uh, hopefully I'll see you guys out there. All right, uh, we'll be back in two weeks and until then, hope you get vaccinated and stay safe. <laughs>